turn with me to Joshua chapter number 17 and um, find your place there and put your marker in it and make sure you can get it back. So we'll be back in just a moment. But then I want you to turn from Joshua 17 over to Romans chapter number 8. And I want to read something to you in Romans chapter 8. Blesses my soul and I hope it is a blessing to you as well. Thank you, brothers, for that time of worship, for leading us into the presence of God through uh, praising Jesus. That's what's going on here today. And, uh, man, that's refreshing. It's powerful to be in the manifest presence of God. Thank you so much for all y'all do. Um, Lord has blessed us around here. I'm so thankful for it. Romans chapter number 8, I want to begin reading in verse number 31. Listen to what the scripture says. Who shall lay anything, or excuse me, verse 31, not 33. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, then who can be against us? What a question. What a question and what a promise. If God be for us, then who can be against us? Isn't that amazing? Let me tell you what I believe he's saying here, what Paul the writer is telling us. He's telling us that if God is for us, nothing we face can overcome us. To the blood-bought, to the born-again, to the one who's trusted in Jesus as your personal Savior. I want you to know here this morning that you are a conqueror. You are an overcomer. I want you to know that we have uh, become uh, a part of God's family. That Jesus is in us. We are in Him. And because that is true, nothing that comes against us will ultimately overcome us. If you believe that, say amen. How many of you know today that whatever you might face, big things, small things, tough circumstances, valley times like we've already spoke about, all of these things, I want you to understand, are not bigger than your God. No matter what you're going through, you need to know that. Somebody needs to tell you that. As your pastor, I'm going to keep reminding you that you have victory in Jesus. We, we need to see that this morning. He says that if God is for us, he asks the question, who can? I say nobody. What's bigger than God? Who's bigger than God? We used to sing a song when I was in Sunday school. It had some really good theology, I'm telling you. It's called He's Got the Whole World. Do y'all remember that? Y'all want to sing it this morning? Maybe we need a little bit of a reminder. He's got the whole world in his hands. Clap back. Wait, wait, wait. You got to clap when you do this. Ready? He's got the whole world in his hands. 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 He's got the tiny little, everybody do it. Tiny little baby in his hands. He's got the tiny little baby in his hands. He's got the tiny little baby in his hands. He's got the whole, listen to this one. He's got you and me, brother, in his hands. He's got you and me, brother, in his hands. He's got you and me, brother, in his hands. He's got, if you believe it, say amen today. Amen. He's got the whole world, don't he? Now listen to me. If he's big enough to speak and the universe come into existence, he's big enough to handle your problem. He's big enough to handle what comes against you. So what a question, what a promise. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, 
Who can be against us? <laughs> Praise the mighty name of Jesus. God is still in control. He's still on the throne. He's got the whole world in his hands. He can do what he wants, with whom he wants, how he wants, when he wants. I love that. Then he says this. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Everybody say all things. Not some things, not most things, but he says because of your position in Christ, you have become a conqueror. Listen, because of you are positioned in Jesus, Jesus is in you and you are in Christ, now you hold the position of an overcomer, of a conqueror. And all things, listen to me now, he's working together for your good. Look at verse 33. 33, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or, pay, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword, as it is written. For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Look at verse 37. This is what I want to get to. This is what I want you to write upon your heart. Remember with your mind. This is what I want you to put in practice day by day in your life. Listen to what he says, verse 37. Nay, in all these things, all these bad things, these big problems, these tough circumstances, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Isn't that amazing? I mean, he listed some bad stuff here. Persecution and famine and nakedness and peril and sword. He says, but in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Again, because your position of your position in Christ, you have now, uh, listen, been given the position of a conqueror. Do you know when you got saved, your position changed? The scripture says you went from being outside of Jesus to being in Jesus. That Jesus is now in you in the person of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says that we are the temple of God. The temple is where God dwells. And now Jesus dwells in me in the person of God the Holy Spirit. And if you're a believer, Jesus dwells in you in the person of God the Holy Spirit. So Christ is in you. But do you also know that you are in Christ? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. 2 Corinthians 5.17 do you realize you are in him? He is in you. Your position has changed. You went from being in the darkness to being in the marvelous light of the Lord Jesus. You went to, from being in spiritual deadness to being having eternal life in Christ. Listen, you went from being outside the family of God and aliens from the promise to being inside the family of God. Listen to me now. And proclaimers, practicers of the promise. Now, we like talking about victory. I don't know about you, but I like talking about victory. I hope you like talking about victory. We're going to keep talking about victory. We're going to keep singing about it, praying about it, praising about it. We sung about it just a moment ago. I love that song. When my heart is breaking, you are my strength unfailing. In every circumstance, no matter what. Um, I can't even read my own writing. 
No matter where I am, I take, you, I take you at your word. You take me by the hand. You lead me through the dark. Jesus, you are my confidence. What's he talking about? In the midst of these times that Paul is talking about here, that he lives, he says, you are my confidence. You're the one who helps me through. You're the one that helps me conquer. How many of you know we are conquerors in Christ? In Christ. That's the title of my message this morning, conquering in Christ. Now we like talking about it, we like preaching about it, we like singing about it because we all need to remember day by day who we are in Jesus. So we're going to keep doing that. But now let me ask you something. I think a lot of times it's easy for us to talk a good game and realize our position but not put into practice what we know to be true. Let me ask you, is it easier to talk about victory than to live victorious lives. It's easy to talk about overcoming, but a lot of times it becomes much more difficult to be overcomers when we face our three greatest enemies. And every child of God has three great enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And I don't know about you, but I, I want to live victoriously. I want every day for Jesus to live uh, through me and, and love through me and I, let not, me not get in the way. But the truth is, a lot of times, my flesh gets in the way. How about you? This sinful nature that I have, sometimes it's difficult to overcome that old sinful nature. Sometimes it's difficult to think like I need to think so that I might act like I need to act. I've come to find out that many times my own worst enemy is nobody but me. And I don't know about you, but a lot of times I get sick of myself. So it's tough from time to time to overcome this flesh, isn't it? I mean, there's sometimes, folks, I'm going to tell you, I just like to give people a piece of my mind. You ever been that way? Sometimes I got to pray, continue that God the Holy Spirit would hold my tongue because I want to say something so bad it's about to bust out of my mouth. Sometimes when people don't do me wrong, I want to do them wrong back. Sometimes I want to hold a grudge. Sometimes I have an unforgiving, bitter spirit. And I realize that's nothing more than that old sinful nature that we all have. And sometimes it's tough overcoming that. Even though we know we have the position as overcomer. Would you agree? Let me tell you something else. It's, it's, it's hard overcoming the world, isn't it? Let me define the world. The world, I'm not talking about the people. I'm talking about the world system that is against God and against His truth. That world system that is against God and against His truth is continually trying to conform you into its image. We deal with it every day. We believe the lie of the world. We live out our lives a lot of times as believers to please the world. We really do. And so it's tough from time to time overcoming the world. It's certainly tough overcoming our adversary, the devil, because he brings temptation our way. And so we want to talk about being an overcomer. We want to talk about living victorious lives. But are we being victors? Are we being overcomers? Are we putting into practice what we know to be our position? Well, if you're struggling with that, like I sometimes struggle with that, this message is for you. I want us to see from the Word of God today how we can live lives that are victorious in Jesus. 
The Bible says, 1 Corinthians 15, 57, that we have victory in Jesus. Praise be unto God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So when we sing victory in Jesus, we're not just singing it because it's words written on a page. We're singing it because it's truth. The believer does have victory, but from time to time we fail to walk in it. We fail to put into practice what we know to be true in position. So how do we become victorious day by day? How do we show the love of Jesus and share the love of Jesus? How do we be husbands that love our wives as Christ loves the church? How do we be wives that uh, be the, the wives in, in the home that God would have you to be? How do we be employees that God is pleased with and employers that God is pleased with? How do we live out our lives victoriously so others see Jesus in us? Well, I think the, the best place to start to get some direction is, is in the book of Joshua, chapter number 17. And I say the book of Joshua because how many of you know Joshua is the book of victory? It's about the story of how God gave his people victory over all the people of Canaan land. God had promised that he was going to bring his children out of Egypt in the bondage that they were in and bring them into the land of Canaan. See, Egypt in the Old Testament represents bondage, but Canaan represents blessing. How many of you understand the people of God that were in bondage in Egypt came out of Egypt under the blood so that they might experience the blessing of Canaan land? Now the same is true for us and that is a type of exactly what Christ has done for me and you. All of us were once dead in trespassing sins. We were servants to sin. We were slaves to sin, Jesus said. But how many of you know, because of the blood of Christ that was shed for me, when I placed my trust in who he is and what he's done, listen to me folks, I came out of the bondage of my sinful lifestyle under the blood just like they did back in Egypt. But now, God has for me and has for you as a believer Canaan land. Now what does Canaan land represent? Canaan land represents for us, listen to me, a life of fullness and fruitfulness in serving Jesus. A life of victory. See, if, if you're going to apply this truth to your life, what you've got to do is remember the scripture says that all of the stories of those Old Testament men and women, those Old Testament pilgrims, all of those stories are there for an example for us. The book of Hebrews tells us that. And if you're going to get a hold of the truth that you can apply to your life today to help you be victorious, what you've got to do is three things. First of all, you've got to see what God's word was saying in that time. Then you've got to see how it applies today. And then you've got to see this is what's really going to make a difference in your life, how it applies to you personally. So that's what we're going to look at today. How does this story of Joshua and the nation of Israel in Joshua 17, what did it mean then? How does it apply today? And how does it apply specifically for me right where I am in my walk with Jesus? Well, let's look together. Joshua chapter 17, these people had three problems that were keeping them from being victorious living in fullness and fruitfulness in the land of Canaan. They, they had three problems that we sometimes have. It, there's not a lot of difference uh, in, in living out a victorious Christian life in Jesus today. The first one we find in verse number 12. Watch this. 
Yet the children of Manasseh could not drive out the inhabitants of those cities, but the Canaanites would dwell in that land. The first problem that the people of Manasseh had, the tribe of Manasseh had, in Joshua 17 and verse number 12, is the problem, listen to me now, of sinful compromise. Sinful compromise was not only a problem for the people in that day, but it's certainly a problem for us today in our walk with Jesus. No doubt about it. Now, the Bible says that they would not drive out the Canaanites that lived in the land there. Now, there's a problem with that because God had commanded Joshua and the nation of Israel to take all the land. I'm talking about from coast to coast, from border to border, Joshua was commanded by God to go in and seize the land, to drive all the people out, not drive some of the people out, not drive most of the people out, but get all the people out because those Canaanite peoples who were uh, engrossed in demon worship were going to be a hindrance to what God was going to do in the land through his people. And so he said, drive them all out. But when it came to the tribe of Manasseh driving out the Canaanites, they wouldn't do it. And I don't believe that they couldn't do it because how many of you know, if you go back and read from Joshua chapter 1 through Joshua chapter 16 up to where we are now, God had continually made a way through his power for the people to gain the land. God had drove out the Canaanites before, and if he could drive them out before through the faithfulness of the people, through his people trusting him, if he could drive them out before, he could drive them out now. But they, listen, it wasn't that they couldn't do it. It's that they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't drive out the Canaanites that dwelled in the land that had been given to them, their promised land. And I want to tell you why they wouldn't drive them out. It's the same reason from time to time we as Christians won't drive sin that is hindering us out of our lives. Because we do the same thing. A lot of times there is sin that we allow to hang on in our lives that we need to get under the blood of Jesus so that it won't hinder us from being what God wants us to be. But we don't get that sin out of our lives. We don't confess it to the Lord. We don't repent of it and turn to Jesus and follow him in every way for the same reason that these people wouldn't drive out the Canaanites because the Canaanites that were there, they favored them. And sometimes we favor our sin, don't we? Let me tell you why. Because again, it feels good to this flesh. We enjoy it. And child of God, you know those sins that you favor in your life. Sins that God has convicted you over time and time and time again. Sins that you know are hindering you from being what God wants you to be and enjoying the life God wants you to to enjoy, a life of victory. And usually what we do We love to pick and find fault at someone else so that we can feel better about our own little pet sins. We don't look inward, we look outward. Amen? Why? Because we favor those sins in our lives. We don't want to give it up. Whatever it might be. Let me tell you something else. Not only do we look outward instead of looking inward, Because we favor these sins, we'll start to dignify our sins. Make excuses for them. 
Well, Brother Israel, it may be a little habit that I know it just really ain't pleasing unto the Lord, but and it brings me comfort, it brings me happiness, so is it really all that bad? Well, Brother Israel, I mean, I ain't never killed nobody. I mean, I'd, I'm not that bad. I mean, all I do is gossip a little bit. I'm going to tell you something. Gossip can do us about as much to tear down a person and a ministry and the work of God as anything else. Well, Brother Israel, I might have told a little story, but it wasn't a lie. It might have been a little white lie. Guess what, folks? All lies are sinful. Amen? So let us never dignify our sin by looking out instead of looking in. Don't explain away your sin. What we need to do is confess our sins. Listen, get it right with God so that we can experience God's victory. Let's quit favoring sin and start believing God. Trusting the Lord. Following Him and doing exactly what He's told us to do. Amen. If we want victory, that's what we got to do. Now listen, not only did they favor them, I know they favored them because look what the Bible says. Look down at verse number 13. Yet it came to pass when the children of Israel were waxing strong that they put the Canaanites to tribute but did not utterly drive them out. God said drive them out. God said take the land, all the land, not some of the land, but all the land. Drive everybody out, not some of them, but all of them. But instead of driving them out, the Bible says they made them pay taxes. Now listen, if they could make them pay taxes, if the Israelites that came into Canaan could make the Canaanites pay taxes, the Israelites that came into Canaan by the power of God could have drove out the Canaanites. Again, it's not that they couldn't drive them out, they wouldn't drive them out. Maybe they wouldn't drive them out because they were liking the tax money. Amen. They saw that which was sinful as being a benefit. And sometimes we can even do the same thing. Sometimes we absolutely do the same thing. When we begin to see that which is sinful, that which we know is not right, to be a benefit in our lives. I'm going to tell you something. A man that is wound up, caught up in adultery, will certainly see that as a benefit. Listen to me. Or a woman. They will see that as a benefit instead of sin, and choose to ignore what God's speaking to their heart. A man that's caught up in drug addiction, same thing. Hey, they, will, they, they many times see that as a benefit until it completely wrecks their life. They'll see that as a benefit instead of seeing it as sin, confessing it, getting it right with God. A man or a woman caught up in pornography, same thing. Until that wrecks and ruins their life, their marriage, their home, until that sin completely turns them apart, they'll see that as a benefit instead of recognizing it as sin, confessing it and getting it right. We do exactly what they were doing. They favored those pet sins. They saw it as benefit instead of a burden. Listen. Your sin and my sin burdens us as the children of God and keeps us from walking out in total victory. And that's what God wants for you and for me. Total victory over whatever I face in my life, over whatever you face in your life, over trial, temptation, persecution, whatever. We can have victory, but we've got to do it God's way. The problem 
of sinful compromise was their problem, but it's also our problem. They favored these Canaanites, but they also feared these Canaanites. Look with me there in verse 15 and 16 of Joshua chapter number 17. Watch what it says. And Joshua answered them, If thou be of great people, then get thee up to the wood country and cut down for thyself there in the land of the Perizzites and of the giants. Everybody say giants. If Mount Ephraim be too narrow for thee. And the children of Joseph said, The hill is not full enough for us. And all the Canaanites that dwell in the land of the valley have chariots of iron, both they who are of uh, Bethshean and her towns, and who are they of the valley of Jezreel. So what are they saying? They're saying, Joseph or Joshua, we can't go up and take this land. It's a land full of giants, and they've got chariots. They've got chariots with iron wheels. We can't go up and overcome them. They feared the Canaanites. And so they wouldn't drive them out. Not only did they favor them, but they feared them. And sometimes, yes, we favor our sins, but we also fear our sin. And we think we can't overcome what's got a stronghold and stranglehold on our life. I was talking to a dear brother just the other day. He got saved about, I guess, eight, nine years ago. And um, hadn't saw him in a while. And the last time I saw him, I mean, this man was on fire for Jesus. I, you know, the Bible says that for a child of God, that my spirit will mix with their spirit. And I found that to be true. Hey, wherever you go and you meet the people of God, your spirit will mix with their spirit. That's true in America. That's true in Haiti. That's true in Cuba. That's true in Nicaragua. I've been to everywhere and all these places. Man, when you meet the people of God, my spirit mixes with their spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's in me and the Holy Spirit's in them. Well, that's the way it was with this brother. I can remember great uh, times that we had had together just sitting down discussing the doctrines of Scripture, talking about who Jesus is and what he's done for us, giving glory to God. And man, we just have church, just me and him. And I saw him two weeks ago. I'll tell you something, man. It broke my heart because Satan has had a field day in his life. He's become an alcoholic. He's lost his family. And I told him, I said, brother, you, by the power of God, can overcome this. He said, I don't think I can. He said, man, I've tried. He said, I've tried everything I know to do. He said, nothing is working for me. Let me tell you what was wrong with him. What was wrong with these Israelites right here? They feared they couldn't drive them out. And he feared he couldn't kick the habit. And some of you may feel the same way, whatever it might be, your sin, whatever it is. I can't overcome it. You are more than a conqueror in Jesus. You can conquer in Christ. By the power of God, you can overcome. You can live in victory. You can live in victory over pornography. You can live in victory over alcoholism. You can live in victory over drug addiction. You can live in victory over fornication. You can live in victory over whatever, over gossip, over lying, over stealing, whatever. You can live in victory by the power of God. You don't have to fear your sin. All you need to do is repent of your sin and allow God to have his way and will in you. We gotta do that. 
me and you and everybody else. Sinful compromise. Living with sin that you favor and sin that you fear keeps us from walking in victory. But let me give you another one. Not only does sinful compromise become a problem for us living victorious lives, but there's also a problem of self-confidence. Self-confidence. That's what these people had. Look down at verse number 14 and verse number 15. Watch this. It says, And the children of Joseph spake unto Joshua, saying, Why hast thou given me but one lot and one portion so to inherit, seeing I am a great people, forasmuch as the Lord hath blessed me hitherto. So what they're saying is, You've just given me uh, just one portion of the land, seeing that I am such a great people. Why won't, or we're, we're such great people. We're such a powerful people. Why don't you give us more than what you've given us? When they haven't even driven out the Canaanites from the land that they were given in the first place. Do you see that? They were failing God, living in sin, living in disobedience, but being prideful, saying we can do more than what you've given us to do when they wouldn't do in what they were given to do to start with. Verse 15, And Joshua answered them, If thou be a great people, then get thee up to the wood country and cut down for thyself there in the land of the Perizzites and the giants in Mount Ephraim, if it be too narrow for thee. So what's he saying? Joshua said, Before you ask for anything else, take care of the land you've been given to start with. Quit being so prideful and self-confident that you're missing out on the blessing of God. And listen, from time to time, we can get prideful and self-confident in who we are and what we can do. You say, well, brothers, was self-confidence such a bad thing? I'm going to tell you something. It's a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing. When you replace self-confidence with confidence in Jesus, you are sure to fail. The Bible says pride goes before a fall. If we're going to be confident in anything, let us be confident in Jesus. It's not my power that helps me overcome, it's His power. It's not me that can do the work in my life that needs doing, it's Him that can do the work in my life that needs doing. In every area, we must trust Jesus. We've got to have confidence in Him. The Scripture says in John chapter number 15, Jesus speaking on the vine, the branches, He says repeatedly, without me ye can do... Say it louder. Without me ye can do... Without Jesus, I can do nothing. Without Jesus, you can do nothing. Without Jesus, I can't be a husband that my wife needs and God's pleased with. Without Jesus, I can't be a father my kids need and God's pleased with. Without Jesus, I can't be a pastor God's called me to be. I can't be anything that I need to be, that he wants me to be. I can't live victoriously in Christ if I don't allow Jesus to do the work. I cannot be confident in myself but in him. You can't be confident in yourself. You've got to be confident in Him. Relying upon Him, being desperate for Him daily to do the work that only He can do. And I'm glad that He will do the work. They had a problem with sinful compromise and self-confidence but they also had a problem with things that were cluttering their life. Look at this, verse number 17. 
Senseless clutter was their problem, and I would say that it's our problem as well. Watch this. Verse 17. And Joshua spake unto the house of Joseph, even to Ephraim and Manasseh, saying, Thou art a great people, and hast great power. Thou shalt not have one lot only, but the mountain shall be thine, for it is a wood, and thou shalt cut it down, and the outgoings of the hill shall be for thee. And thou shalt drive out the Canaanites, though they have iron chariots, and though they be strong. So what's Joshua saying, verses 17 and 18? I'm going to give you what you asked for, but what you've got to do before it can be useful to you, before you can be blessed by it, you've got to clear out all the clutter. There's a lot of trees up there that need to be cut down so that you can live where you need to live. So this land is going to be a benefit and a blessing to you. You've got to clear out this clutter that is senseless so that you can experience the blessing of God. Let me say something to you, child of God. I'm convinced that one of the greatest tools of the enemy today, one of the greatest things he uses above everything else is busyness. Busyness. We get so stinking busy doing stuff that a lot of times don't really matter to the point that we don't have time to serve God and be what He wants us to be. Are you hearing me? Listen, if you're too busy to serve the Lord, you're too busy. You're too busy. Satan would love for you to turn your back on God and get just as busy as you can possibly be so that you can't be under the preaching and teaching of the Word of God, so that you can't be with, uh, under the encouragement of God's people, so that you can't be edified and built up by the power of God, so that you can't remain strong inside the body of Christ doing the work of the Lord, being plugged into your local church. He would love to get you so busy and get you out by yourself so that he can destroy, for that's what he does. He kills, steals, and destroys. So you may just need to clear out some of the clutter. I've had to do that many times in my life. Don't trade good things for the best things. Hey, there's nothing wrong with good things. I like good things. I like to enjoy life. How about you? I think life is meant to be enjoyed. Man, go enjoy yourself. Have a ball. But listen, don't forget to serve God. In everywhere you go and in everything you do, but especially inside the body of Christ. There's joy in serving Jesus. I'm telling you, let me tell you what else. What you do for Christ as a child of God, will echo throughout all eternity. That's what I love about serving Jesus. In a hundred years, it ain't gonna matter how much money I've made. In a hundred years, it's not gonna matter the possessions I had. In a hundred years, it's not gonna matter the awards I've been given. In a hundred years, it's not gonna, none of that stuff is gonna matter. Let me tell you what's going to matter in a hundred years. What I've done for the kingdom of God. That's why Jesus said, lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moth and rust and thieves can't break through and steal. Serve the Lord. 
Don't get so busy with all the good things, you miss out on the best things. Amen? What's true for these people in Joshua 17, I know is true for me. I know from time to time, sinful compromise is my problem. I favor sins and I fear sin, just like they did. I know, for me, senseless clutter is a problem. I can clutter my life up with so much stuff, I get too busy to actually do what's best. I know, listen to me, just like for them, for myself, I can live victoriously if I do it God's way. And I know you can as well. As a child of God, you've been given the position of a conqueror because you are in Jesus. So have I. But we must put into practice what we know to be true in position as we live out our lives daily, overcoming the world, the flesh, and the devil. You can overcome, not because you are self-confident, but because we can trust Jesus. Like we sang before, He is my confidence. Amen? Let Him be yours as well. Trust Him. Serve Him. Love Him. If you're here today and you're a child of God and you've got some of that sin in your life that you've been favoring or that you've been fearing... Let me tell you what you need to do. The same thing I did before I came out here and preached this message to you. I had to get on my face before God who is holy and say, Lord, forgive me. I confess this to you. I repent of this sin and I turn to you. I don't want this in my life. I want you to have complete control in everything you want to do in me, through me, and with me. Maybe you need to do that. Maybe you need to stop compromising. Start trusting. Believing, following, and loving Jesus. Don't be confident in yourself. Be confident in Him. If you're here today and you're a child of God and you need to come do some business with the Lord, man, these altars are always open. If you're here today and you've not yet been born again, man, don't you want to be? Romans 8, 31 through 37 that we read a moment ago, said that even though you go through all this stuff, of famine, nakedness, and peril, and sword, and all these things that can happen to you in this world, trial, tribulation, trouble, and all these things were more than conquerors. See, the truth is, everybody goes through that stuff. Everybody. People who are Christians, people who are not Christians, we all go through that stuff. Listen, Christianity is not about the absence of problems, but how, listen, it is about the addition of God's power. To help you through whatever, whatever problem you face. And so if you're here today and you don't know the Lord. You're missing out on God's power that can help you through. These difficult times in your life. If you need to be born again. Today is a day of salvation. 
This is your invitation. You'll be closing the service. I want everybody to stand. I'm going to pray for you. We're going to play one song and we'll be done. Father God, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Lord, I'm so thankful for the truth of your word. I'm thankful that we are more than conquerors, that we can conquer in you, Lord Jesus. I'm thankful that our position has changed. And Lord, help us today to put into practice what we know to be true about our position. And I'm praying, Lord, that you would help us to live victorious lives in you, Christ Jesus. In, in, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you need the Lord, you come today. Don't you wait this morning. Don't hinder what God is doing. I believe when we are not obedient to the will of God in our life, we begin to quench the Spirit of God. Don't do that today. Don't quench Him. Be submissive. Do what God wants. Hey, listen, if you're here today and you need to be born again, just come say, brothers, I need to be born again. I need to be saved. And I want to tell you, I can't save you. Walking an aisle don't save you. Being in this church don't save you, but I can share with you in the Word of God what it means to trust in Jesus. And the same one who has saved me can and will save you. If you're here today and you say, brothers, I know I've been saved, but listen, I'm not where I need to be. Hey, listen to me. The scripture says in 1 John 1, 9 that if you'll confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. When he says that, he's writing that letter to the church. He's talking to the people of God. All of us still struggle from time to time with those sins we compromise with that we favor in fear. Get it right today. Get it right today. Repent of that today. Man, there's nothing like getting cleaned up when you get cleaned up by the power of God, by the blood of Jesus, that's freeing. That's refreshing. <laughs> it's amazing. So if you need him, you come.